Hello and welcome to The Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. Today we will be recapping Season 6B, Episode 19 of The Sopranos, titled The Second Coming. This episode aired May 20th, 2007. It was written by Terrence Winter and it was directed by Tim Van Patten. Here's the HBO synopsis for this episode. Phil turns down Tony's offer of compromise. AJ despairs about the world and his future. Tony takes umbrage over an affront to Meadow. We are down to the final three episodes of the series, and history has shown the final three episodes of a season of The Sopranos have been pretty good. Yeah. They haven't disappointed at all. And uh, in this uh, case, uh, I'd say we start off with a, with a great one. Yeah. I mean, 6B as a whole, mm-hmm. every episode has hit the spot, I would say. It's funny how it's like the exact opposite <laughs> of the previous group, 6A. 6A. Yeah. It's just more of an indictment of 6A in a way. It's like, wow, you guys really were just treading water. So you could get to all of these very meaty episodes, which are all right. fantastic. Yeah, and they're all, you know, it's it's usually just Terrence Winter, mm-hmm. Matthew Weiner, and they kind of right. switch off and they kind of, you know, do um, their part. But for this one, you know, as, as little Carmine states. You're at the precipice, Tony, of an enormous crossroad. Yeah. Uh, family, friends, enemies, it's kind of all piled into this episode. It is, yeah. And, uh, man, stressful to have kids. That was one of my, like, really big takeaways. Because right. both Meadow yeah. and AJ, intentionally or not, dramatically complicate Tony's life in this episode. That's right. We start the episode with a pile of asbestos blowing in the wind. <laughs> yeah. Just a reminder, oh, this this thing that has uh, put a giant rift between New York and New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, and we see the city in the background as the smoldering pile of asbestos sits mm-hmm. there. That's right. Again, Tony woken up this morning, this time by AJ, who can't sleep, so uh, turns on some tunes. Yeah, cranks up the chameleon ear. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Tony goes downstairs to Carmela, who is opening a box uh, to a beautiful watch he got her from Vegas. Yeah. This is the way to do it, gents. Mm-hmm. When you've been in Vegas for a week, cheating on your wife. Taking care of Chris's business. Yeah, he took care of Chris's business, all right. <laughs> uh, nice engraved watch will yeah. settle all of your feelings of guilt. That's right. We pick up on Bobby, who's making a pickup here. More tough guy Bobby, I gotta say. Tough guy Bobby, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And um, Stefano, guy who called Tony previously about the asbestos, is at a site. We've got a couple of guys working there who are wearing no sort of hazmat or protection. But it's Uh, all right, they're immigrants. It's true, they they are. Uh, However, Bobby... Uh, is taking note of this and will not touch Stefano's hand. Mm-hmm. He's very sensitive to the fact <laughs> that there's just asbestos everywhere. Yeah, seriously. I doubt to the point where like he doesn't even provide an envelope yeah. <laughs> for the money. <laughs> and it's not even just like the carelessness of not having an envelope. It's like, where's the money been? Mm-hmm. It's all dirty. Right, exactly. Too dirty for Bobby. Asbestos Tough money. guy Bobby. Yeah, tough guy Bobby does not want Stefano's asbestos money. Right. And then 
we uh, follow along uh, the same path that AJ was on from last week with his therapist. He's, uh, it's not that he's dealing with, you know, unreasonable concerns, uh, but kind of what the therapist says here is that you're taking it all very personally. Right. Watching a little bit too much CNN. Yeah. Yeah. Literally everything in the world is bothering him. The stuff that is ongoing, you know, as long as human beings are on this planet, there's going to be social injustice, yep. wealth disparity, conflict in the Middle East. Well, hopefully not that last one forever. But, <laughs> you know, these are just the issues that yeah. are really weighing AJ down. And they're issues that, you know, are hard to solve because he can personally do nothing about them. Yeah. Yeah. He's just empathizing a lot with the disadvantage. Yeah. Disadvantaged. Uh, unlike himself. Right. I mean, it is really funny how, of course, he ties it into Blanca, you know, as one of those people who is disadvantaged in comparison with him. Mm -hmm. And then it does kind of turn into a joke because the therapist is like, You think your feelings about Blanca in any way relate to this African boy? She's not black. I mean, she's pretty tan. Right. <laughs> These... You know, meaningless distinctions aren't yeah. really meaningless at all. They're so important. Yeah. Uh, that's good. All right. Well, Tony is back with the guys at the pork store. And I only really thought about this now, but what determines them hanging out either at the pork store or at the bing? You know, I've thought of this before. Yeah. I'm glad that you brought it up. Yeah. I don't have an answer for you at all. No, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> I just wanted to let you know that we I have both thought, of, thought it. of it now. Yeah. We have no answer. Yeah. But there it is. Right. Sometimes they're all hanging out on the back of the Bing. Sometimes they're all hanging out on the back of the pork store. Yeah. I mean, I think if you really analyzed it, you might be able to come up with a solution. It's probably just alternating sort of kind of where, you know, where we last time. Let's Maybe just it's home cooking. In the other place. Yeah. Because there's a stove right you know on the back of satriels mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. maybe that's it yeah maybe they're more likely to do satriels during the day mm. maybe that's a thing huh? yeah, perhaps maybe i mean we've seen them at the bing during the day plenty of times though it's so. true well who knows either way tony uh tells him about his experience with peyote right oh and i have to assume you noticed just at the top of the scene like the mm -hmm. book that sil was reading oh yes <laughs> hilarious just funny yeah because i feel like this wasn't a thread with him from the beginning no it was something that they landed on pretty late in the series yeah yeah well you would expect yeah polly to to read a book you would like this but yeah, yeah. sold to read something about like germs and right. cleanliness yeah and we saw him mending that thing a couple That's weeks true. back you know That's true just kind of funny it is uh, but yeah, you know, this is something that we're going to get throughout the episode a couple times. Tony trying to explain the epiphany that he had and not mm -hmm. quite having the words because, you know, it is Tony after all. Yeah. He doesn't have that kind of introspective vocabulary, but he does know that he had a big, a big experience. Yeah. I mean, lingering on it here when he says, And the sun came up. Oh, yeah? Right, yeah, the sun came up. No, that's it. That's <laughs> right. all he has, and uh, they don't understand. Mm -hmm. um, again, no movement on Phil. Right. So something that they're kind of waiting on about the asbestos and 
hasn't happened. And uh, again, the little detail at the end of the scene mm-hmm. of just Polly's experience on acid. So good that Uncle yeah. he saw Uncle Junior with laser beams coming out of his eyes. <laughs> yeah, of course. And it would be Uncle Junior. Yeah. You know, those giant goggle glasses <laughs> right. being his defining feature. Yeah. How to Clean Practically Anything was the book, by the way. Just to, I realized that our listeners, you know, oh. who did it pick up on that would be like, yes. oh, what book? You yeah. Know, but that was the book. How to Clean. Yeah. Uh, funny. Look, next scene, dinner with uh, Kelly at Soprano House. And, uh, you know, for most of the previous episode, most of this episode, there, I, you know, definitely feel sympathy with AJ. Yeah. Not in this moment, I would say. There's a line. Right. And he has crossed it, mm-hmm. as Tony feels in the scene as well. Yeah. Just shut the fuck up. Yeah, exactly. You know, not the last time that Tony will uh, vent his temper in what I think is a very justifiable way. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, no, AJ's just, he just won't shut up about it. Right, about the rat shit spray and... Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny. This is kind of typical, though, of uh, depressed people, Mm. I would say. Like, just with the depressed people that I've come across in my life, Uh I've come across, you know, one or two, just when they're in that zone you know everything is negative and like they want you to be in the zone too exactly Mm -hmm. they're like oh you know you're being stupid by not looking at the dark side of life yeah so you know this is kind of accurate to the psychology of a depressed person yeah and if only we had the reaction and the the strength of tony (laughs) right you know when aj says fine bury your head in the sand how about i bury yours in that fucking wall instead i'd love to have that at my disposal when I confronted a, a depressed person, as you described. Yeah. Well, as we've talked about a couple of times, let's save it for our sons. That's in the right. Future. <laughs> That's right. Here's another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to fuck them up. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Carmela, she's obviously glad at least AJ is reading now. Mm-hmm. He's getting an education. Right. Even if it's not proving so useful at this point. Right. Right. It's got to be better than what it was before yeah for sure i mean actually being kind of literary and uh speaking of that you know the second coming mm-hmm. and this is the second time that we you know this is the title of our episode obviously this yep. uh, poem figures very prominently uh and it's the second time that it's been referenced and i know that melfi said the falcon cannot hear the falconer i don't remember which episode that was but right uh, that's true so yeah i mean aj's quite intent on taking in every line of this that is right I mean, it was cold yeah. cuts season oh, cold five cuts. episode 10 oh nice yes nice work uh but yeah so that night we get a you know interesting kind of stylistic choice that we haven't seen very many times before if mm-hmm. ever in this show mm-hmm. where he's reading but it's narration you know voiceover yeah. of him you know reading yeah i liked it yeah i thought it was good especially i mean you know also you can see they emphasized his, you know, red eyes. Mm-hmm. It's obviously hugely emotional, crying, and disturbed. He's really, really, you know, mm-hmm. taking these words a little too close to heart. Right. Yeah. This just isn't the right poem no. for you. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> when you're really questioning everything. Yeah. Well, uh, Agent Harris stops by. Yeah. Pork store at night this time with Goddard. Yeah, with no uh, 
no time for a meal as the parasite's still eating away at his insides. <laughs> yeah. uh, but confirms that, yes, uh, looks like Ahmed and Mohammed uh, part of some financing. Don't know for sure. But uh, Tony's definitely grateful they stopped by. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you so much yeah. for delivering that news. Yeah. I mean, he has so much anxiety about the terrorism situation. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I just love the line that he had at the end. <laughs> yeah. you know? Thanks for stopping by. Next time we'll have party hats. Such great, uh, you know, sarcasm. It really is. Yeah. But again, like, we don't have closure on that storyline. <laughs> it's, again, being drawn out. Yeah. So if these last two episodes, you know, mm-hmm. beyond this one, it the last two don't have anything else. Right. I start wondering why. I mean, I'm going to just venture guess that, you know, it was an attempt to really tie into a sort of uh, present day for the time. Sure. East Coast anxiety, New York anxiety, you know. Okay. Yeah. Post. You do have to put yourself at times uh, back in 2007. Right. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Post 9-11. Yeah. It's only six years old at that point. It's true. Not even. Yeah. Yeah. Well, somehow uh, Tony worked out a sit down with Phil. Right. This is in this next scene. Great scene. Very, very good scene. Frank Vincent here is awesome. He is. Um, I love seeing Frank Vincent in just like a commanding role. Right. You know? Yeah. Of what we've seen him in most mob stuff, he's playing second fiddle. He is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is very true. And uh, he gets to be dominant, gets to be a boss here. It was actually funny just that comment that you just made is kind of funny because Mm. it just makes me think of this aspect of Gandolfini that we've never talked about before because it's never come up. But he played a few, you know, second fiddle mobster roles Mm -hmm. in his life before he got to be the ultimate boss in this show. True. You know, uh, true romance. True romance, Um, yeah. Great example of that. But anyway. Yeah. Um, And I like how Phil starts off here. First to note, Bobby is part of the... Yeah. Obviously, Bobby's got a bigger role now. Uh, But I like how Phil starts off by talking about the grieving process. Yes. uh, Taking longer the closer you are to somebody. So he doesn't expect flowers anytime, or or, uh, a thank you from Mm -hmm. Kelly anytime soon for the flowers. It's not really his way of being polite, but really right at the top, just to, you know, remind everyone about what he's lost. Yeah, no, I took note of that too. And that was just such a great line. Just a reminder. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is still all about Billy. Right. He hasn't let it go. And he's going to punish these guys as much as he can mm-hmm. now that Johnny Sack isn't around to rein him in. Right. Yeah. Big distinctions between Johnny Sack and Phil just are apparent mm-hmm. in this sit down. It's not like anything Tony has been able to deal with before. Tony is used to negotiation breaking down where you reject an offer, you counter, you get a, another counter mm-hmm. and you settle. Right. Phil is not budging on that 25%. Yeah. Yeah. And Tony's just kind of at a loss and tries to level with him emotionally, mm-hmm. man to man, recalling the scene in a uh, Kaisha in which, right. you know, Tony, I, I'm sorry, in which Phil and he kind of had that understanding, you mm-hmm. know, that sort of mutual epiphany. Yeah. Uh, but decisively in this scene, Phil makes it really clear, Hey, that's all over with. It's like, it never even happened. Yeah. And 
yeah, I'm just ready to go to war with the drop of a hat, and I don't give a fuck. Yeah. He makes a wise crack, which all of his little goons chuckle at. Right. Uh, in, that leads into a great exchange. Tony starts by saying, So that's it. No leeway, no compromise, just stupid fucking jokes. You want compromise? How's this? 20 years in the can. I wanted Manicot. I compromised. I ate grilled cheese off the radiator instead. I wanted to fuck a woman, but I compromised. I jacked off in a tissue. You see where I'm going? Yeah. Good. Yeah, it is good. And then that's the other component of Phil, too, where he's like, and he has referenced this before. You know, I did 20 years, mm-hmm. and I'm entitled now to do whatever I want, kind of. It's the, again, big dick mafia policy. Right. And just his resentment. Yeah. You know? For sure. So, yeah. Uh, Tony is like, all right, well, I guess this is the end of this meeting. <laughs> yeah. And he leaves. Yeah. Immediately, we pick up on Butch and new character, Coco, uh, who go to pick up some checks, picking up some money on a job that is, uh, you know, joint New York, New Jersey. But Silvio has already pulled all the jobs from New York uh, on the site. Uh, So they take it out on this poor guy who has to deliver the news. They kill the messenger, (laughs) as it were. Right. Uh, And that's a great aspect of this show, just a recurring thing that we, you know, it's a really bad idea to be the messenger. Yeah. You will get an ass beating for it. Yeah. Or the site manager in any construction zone, (laughs) you're probably going to get an ass beating. Yeah. Yeah. These construction guys, you know, they they have a hard life. (laughs) They really do. They do. But yeah. So things are escalating slowly. You know, Mm -hmm. it's pretty low stakes. Sorry for that construction guy. But, you know, it's just slowly escalating. Nothing major yet, but we can see that things are pretty bad between New York and New Jersey. Right. So we do get Meadow in this episode Mm -hmm. more than we've uh, gotten her before. Right. And her real first strong appearance is talking with AJ in this next scene. Uh, She really looks like an older woman in this scene, doesn't she? I thought about that, too. The way she's dressed, her hair. Yeah. Um. It's not a negative thing. It's just a, you know, a note that this person has grown up in front of our eyes. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I reflected on that with both of them. Yeah. Uh, Especially Robert Eiler, who was obviously extremely prominent in this episode. And his actions as AJ really drive the plot. Yeah. Uh, There is a scene coming up later that I'll mention in which, like, I literally was like, oh, I want to go back to the scene that they're referencing from earlier in the series. And so I found it on YouTube. It was oh. just interesting to directly compare him in that much earlier scene oh, with, right. you know, him presently. Cool. Um, <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh that he felt it was unfair to all the people involved in the Borat movie. That was great. Right? Yeah. Uh, she's really trying to level with him and uh, empathize, but mm. uh, AJ keeps switching it on her. You know, right. starts bringing up bombing Iran, and she really just can't get through to him. He's, you know, not watching porn or looking for porn. He's mm-hmm. on Al Jazeera looking up more news about whatever it might be, and she's kind of, you know, imploring like get get out, like do something, like get your mind off things set goals mm-hmm. move out of the house and his response is super childish i need mom's cooking 
it could mess with my blood chemistry. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. That sounds like somebody who is, you know, who isn't truly depressed. Right. If you know, if you're saying a statement like that, it just feels like you're being a bitch. Yeah. I mean, it's a mixture of a few things. Yeah. There's the genuine depression, but then there's just this immature, whiny, self-indulgent, mm-hmm. self-pity. Yeah. And it all just goes together. The last point that Meadow tries to make is that you don't understand what position you're in being the boy of an Italian family. Mm-hmm. They're always going to love you more than anything. Right. No matter how well I'm doing. Right. Yeah. That might be true. Interesting point to make. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Either one of us is Italian, but uh, that's an interesting point that she does make there. Mm-hmm. Well, now we transition in to AJ's most crucial moment in the series. Right. Uh, in the morning, first, uh, Carmela is there and has made some Lincoln Log sandwiches, which I've never really had, but they look kind of gross. Uh, <laughs> She's really trying to baby him. <laughs> she, she, she is. You know? yeah. She is. Uh, he's definitely not in any mood, and she leaves him at home alone. And Yeah, makes it clear that she's going to be gone for some time. Yeah. And we get him uh, staring out at the pool, which has been covered up because it's winter-ish, getting Mm -hmm. close to that time. Cut to the pool is open and his feet are touching the water with a cinder block wrapped around his leg. Yeah. But, I mean, the added measure of the plastic bag and the rubber band, Mm -hmm. that's where you're like, oh, Okay. Yeah. He actually might be a little serious here. Right. This is this is intense. Yeah, just any sort of like I get uncomfortable with the plastic bag over the mm-hmm. the face thing. I know it's like a TV show, but it makes yeah. me uncomfortable. It's like when people, you know, can't watch when like somebody's getting like a needle right. put into them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I felt the same way. I mean, it's the first of two distinct moments like that. In this episode. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> yeah. Triggered right in my mind. Yes. Yep. <laughs> um, but it's really intense because yeah. you, you realize, <laughs> but then you realize that the rope is too long after he mm-hmm. jumps in. Mm-hmm. It hits the cinder block, hits the bottom of the pool. Yeah. But then he's floating just nearly above it. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> right. He either screwed up <laughs> or it's just uh, he, he meant to. Uh, he miscalculated a little, you know. Yeah, slightly. you could have made the rope as small as you wanted to. Be. Right, that's true. I mean, it's it's a mix of a couple things, probably. Yeah. Uh, you know, but the gesture is very clear. It's very clear what he's trying to communicate here yeah. to the world, you know, about himself and like what he thinks about how things are going for him. And you know, he starts splashing around. It's awkward, and you know, the timing of all of this just plays out great because, you know, Tony emerges, he returns to the home, emerges from his, you know, Mm -hmm. SUV. We can tell he came direct from the sit down and we can see he's pretty glum about it, right? Goes in, perks up. (laughs) There's the Lincoln Log sandwich. Just for him. (laughs) Yeah. But then that's when he uh, hears AJ's cries for help. And he goes out and, you know, I just have to emphasize the timing of this is perfect. And just the performance of Gandolfini as you really see him process 
yeah. everything that's going on step by step. Yeah. You know, he comes out and first he's like, oh, what the fuck? Did he just like fall in? Right. And then when he realizes what's going on, then he, you know, goes into dad mode and sprints into the pool, jumps in all his clothes on, you know? Yeah. 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 No, it's um, actually watching it. Um, however many years since I've seen this episode, whatever state I'm in currently at mm-hmm. my age right now, I don't think I've gotten choked. I don't think I've been choked up yet for this series. Right. Until this moment. Yeah. Where I got really, really emotional after he saves AJ and just holding him there in his lap and, you know, just saying, you're all right, baby. You're all right. Mm -hmm. Don't know what it is. I'm getting older and I found that (laughs) truly touching and, and scary and sad. And it was uh, both men performed uh, a brilliant scene here. Yeah. And we've seen them do this before, you know, when he pulled AJ out of the jail. Right. Yeah. And uh, out in the parking lot. It yeah. Was a very police s- station. Police station. Yeah. It was a very similar confrontation. Right. Um, just in this one, though, like, Tony can't rely purely on his anger mm-hmm. to resolve the situation. He has to, like, he has to turn soft right for this moment yeah yeah uh i mean it's it's extremely moving i had exactly the same actually like response to Mm -hmm. this scene and i had the same thoughts as you which is like oh that's interesting like now that i'm so much older right i you know obviously it always registered that this was a sad scene but to actually get kind of choked up i feel like that's something that happens when you are more of a mature person right more of an adult um, yeah, it's a really like difficult thing to watch. And I think a lot of it too is just no seeing Tony so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean AJ's obviously vulnerable. Right. But Tony, you know, cradling him like an infant, literally calling him a baby, mm-hmm. like soothing him, I mean it's uh very affecting emotionally. Yeah. Of course I have to mention too, you know, it's the pool. The pool. Yeah. 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 We we've this was the first thing like you noted. Right. Uh, of the series, they use the pool as a symbol of family and what better moment mm-hmm. of, I don't know, family uh, pain yeah. than this moment in the pool with, with AJ. Of course. Yeah. I mean, in the pilot, Melfi says the ducks flying out of the pool, mm-hmm. you know, represent your family. The ducks represent family. Yeah. That's true. But also the pool mm-hmm. very much represents family in this show. So Yeah. Well, yeah, like a yeah. like a hearth almost. I right. mean, like there's no, the, the, there's been some moments they've sat around the fire, mm-hmm. but really we've had strong moments around the pool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like that, yeah, in a way. Yeah. But uh, yeah, really intense. And where do you go from here now that your son has uh, committed suicide or attempted suicide? You you know have to admit him, and the family does that uh, under heavy Valium. AJ is uh, <laughs> right. ad- admitted. Yeah. Um, he looks ghostly. Oh, yeah. Here. Uh, how long do you think he was in the pool? Because to be honest, like, mm-hmm. I was looking at that and I s- thought to myself, how restricting is the cinder block tied around the leg? Mm-hmm. Could he have gotten out under his own will if he actually thought about it? Like, okay, take off your jacket. That's not helping. Mm-hmm. Like, pull up the, the cinder block with your hand. Do something. I was going to say, like, you're in water. 
I, you know, take off your shoe. Mm. Right. <laughs> Slide the thing off. Take a moment. Take a deep breath. Yeah. Get, collect yourself. But then I guess it is cold, right? Mm-hmm. There is an emphasis that it, we are in the fall, right? Winter time. Uh, so he might be, you know, succumbing to mm-hmm. the hypothermia, perhaps. Anyway, all this just to say he's in bad shape. Yeah. And he has to be admitted. And it's a very sad moment for the entire family. All three actors are just performing so well here, mm-hmm. on, you know, on such an emotional moment mm-hmm. for all three of them. You know, that's, right. that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great. You know, it's really very very real and true to the situation you know how it would be sure although i thought this line from carmela i have to say was sort of interesting i was like is this meant to be sort of a joke when she's like he was always our happy little boy well it like breaks down and i it's mean like, well i don't know about that <laughs> well yeah. i did try to think on moments yeah. where he was the happy little boy uh it's been a while yeah for sure uh but you know i think as a parent yeah she's trying to hope you know cling on to some hope mm-hmm. and i just think like as an actor never being in that situation the director says action and you're all supposed to be already like to an emotional 10 mm-hmm. and we see that from all three of them like even gandolfini is like choked up right. with emotion that's tough that's yeah. just really tough i never yeah. understand yeah it's just yeah. good acting. You know, I have to I have to say probably too, like maybe again, not being an actor whatsoever, but it probably becomes easier to tap into mm-hmm. when you're really late in a series like this. Mm. Because then you actually sort of do feel in a weird quasi way that like that guy is your relative. Yeah. You know. So maybe it's just easier to like access true that kind of stuff. True. Yeah. Well, Tony uh, heads to the Bing. Afterwards, there is silence. Everybody knows. Syl breaks that silence, and Tony uh, brings up the elephant in the room, as he says, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of blames himself for uh, this whole thing. Mm-hmm. The guilt. It's kind of sad. Right. And one by one, you know, each guy tries to display his uh, sensitivity mm-hmm. to Tony's situation. Right. Uh, even Carlo, Carlo Gervasi, ah. whose name we very acutely could not remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did look it up for this episode. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even he tries to contribute. Uh, of course, Polly's sort of silly with his contribution. Well, I mean, Polly, you can't on one hand say, you know, it's the poison these kids are ingesting. And in the other hand... Not really give two fucks about this asbestos deal that has not been solved. Yeah. Because is that not poison that children might be ingesting as well? Exactly. Yeah. All very funny. And again, just something that Tony has to kind of grapple with. Mm -hmm. Something that his kid has thrown at him. (laughs) Right. You know, on top of the whole New York situation. Yeah, exactly. And the guys say to him, you know, don't blame yourself cut to right his own wife in the yeah. next scene basically saying this is all your fault yeah and we get that shaky single cam mm-hmm. feeling here so we know something is about to go down right tony saying he's depressed though is a little annoying and if i were carmella i'd be a little pissed too right yeah you're right it did feel a little 
I mean, choose choose your moments, Tony. Mm-hmm. Lately, you haven't been choosing the wisest moments <laughs> to drop something on Carmella, and this wasn't it. But I think to say, he didn't get it from my family, that's all I'm saying, and then call it a depression card that now AJ is playing. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think this is a conversation. I think this is things they both have been meaning to say just to get off their chest. Mm-hmm. Feelings have just boiled over. Yeah. So now we're saying things we probably shouldn't say, but we need to say them. Right. And that's what's happening in this moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and of course they, uh, you know, almost lost their son or are confronted with, you know, the idea of what it would be like to lose their son in a way that like they never had to confront it before. So of course emotions are raw, but yeah, I mean, we know that Tony, we know that like Carmela's are hitting Tony in a spot where he's already vulnerable. Mm -hmm. He's already discussed on multiple occasions with Melfi, you know, his feelings of guilt about AJ's nature and like, did I pass it down? Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, this is definitely a sore spot for him, which is probably why he says, fuck you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Genuine fuck you. A genuine watch thrown at the face. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, Emphatic statement from both Mm -hmm. of them. And I did like the idea that Carmela got married under false pretenses, though. (laughs) Right. The idea that this happy-go-lucky prankster turned out to be just a depressed little mama's boy. We pick up on Melfi and Tony in this next scene. Uh, Again, I feel like there's always a good um, starting off point in a Melfi scene, a good line or something right here. On some level, he may have known that the rope was too long to keep him submerged. What if it just be a fucking idiot? Historically, that's been the case. Of course, that brings us into uh, Tony's feeling of uh, embarrassment and uh, feeling ashamed of his son. Yeah, it's a real conflict for him because obviously that shame is very real. Mm -hmm. This is really the culmination of AJ not being able to cope in a masculine way with the world. Right. At the same time, you know, Melfi points this out, like suicide, whoever said suicide is the coward's way out, didn't really know anything about depression, but you do. And mm-hmm. I mean, Tony is mature enough to be able to like, just sort of admit like, okay. Well, yeah. Tony describes AJ's yeah. uh, symptoms mm-hmm. as exactly the same symptoms of his own. Right. He's got the world by the balls. He, he has everything he needs. One little thing and it tilts him over the edge. All Melfi has to do is just raise her eyebrows. And Tony's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I know. Right. I get it. Depression is real. You can't just get over it. Yeah. Carmela visits AJ in the next scene. Um, you know, can't bring that chicken parm like you want to because of all the bulimic girls. Right. Uh, but again, like to visit your son in a mental ward where people are pulling out their hair and, you know, have themselves maybe attempted suicide. Uh, scary for Carmela for mm-hmm. sure. AJ's still like miserable. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a tough situation, and he's going to um, remain there for a bit, so his mm-hmm. situation is not going to end anytime soon. Yeah. So now we really get into what I was saying earlier about mm. how Tony's kids mm-hmm. <laughs> really uh, push him pretty far to the edge in this episode. Unintentionally yeah. or not. Right, exactly. Yeah. Clearly not Meadow's fault. Clearly Meadow is a victim here. Yes. But Meadow is on a date with this guy we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Coco, our new douchebag. 
Right. <laughs> uh, normally, I guess it would be Butch, but here it's Coco. Here it's Coco. Yeah. Uh, he walks over. He's obviously drunk. I gotta say, really feel like this actor does a lot with a very small role. Mm-hmm. When he leans in and leers at Meadow, I actually like smelled like alcohol in my brain. Really? Like I could just sense wow. it. I was like, this guy's like disgustingly drunk. You know what I mean? Wow. It's that smell o vision. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could just, he's just kind of unsavory. He just yeah, seems no, grimy and horrible. Bad. Yeah, yeah. He just seems like a bad guy. Um, leans in, starts harassing her yeah. in pretty obvious ways. Yeah. Sexual assault yeah. really is what it could also be classified as. Um, goes for the worst defense he could come up with, which is galling for Meadow. Mm-hmm. And uh, good for this man, whoever this uh, short, small man is, yeah. to stand up uh, to to this guy. Well, you have to. I mean, after Coco made this jab implying, you know, sticking his dick in Meadow's mouth. I mean, that's pretty much as bad as it gets. Wow. So yeah. when you're the <laughs> when you're the date, you gotta do something, you know. Sure. Yeah. Uh, then Coco is dragged off by fat guy who we've seen yeah. before. Uh, according name. to Amazon Prime X-ray, his name's Albie. Albie. Yeah. Albie pulls Coco away. Yeah. These names, Jesus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we get that stupid chuckle from right. Coco. It's like a clown. Yeah. Being pulled off. And uh, obviously horrible. Yeah. Doesn't take too long for us to pick up in the next scene where Tony finds out. Right. Um, I feel like we've had a scene like this before where Meadow doesn't want to mm-hmm. say something. I, I believe it might be the soccer coach. Mm. Yeah. And we get, right a, you that. know, we obviously got in that episode, uh, Meadow, who at the end saw her dad, uh, drunk off his ass because he didn't do anything that could have resulted in hurting somebody Mm -hmm. and she knew that Mm -hmm. she very clearly saw what was happening and in this moment she's you know faced with that dilemma again like i was sexually assaulted if i tell my dad he's gonna get really upset and something bad could happen but it is so bad i guess i should tell him right and also, I think a key component to this scene that I really liked, maybe I'm reading too much into it, is Carmela mm. really pushing Meadow yeah. to say something. And the thing about it is I feel like in Carmela's mind, you know, she's being a true mob wife. Mm. She knows that if Tony knows what happened, what this guy did, he's going to handle it in a, probably a pretty serious way. Oh, yeah. She's not going to know the details of that, but she knows Tony's probably going to take violent action. And right. she feels like that is deserved. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I just felt like it was something that we all know that he needs to know. But if he does know, he could go anywhere with that information. <laughs> right. You know? Uh, and as Meadow breaks it down, I think Gandolfini, you can see the thermometer of anger rise. Oh, absolutely. In him very slowly as he really needs to know exactly what Coco said. Yeah. So good. It's really good. Yeah. You know, again, I, I think that with Gandolfini and one thing that I've really thought about throughout our viewing of this series is how so much, I mean, this is a very obvious thing, but I really notice it, particularly with him. So much of what we 
kind of define as great performance goes far beyond the dialogue. Oh, uh, you know, absolutely. So much of it is how can an actor non-verbally communicate a thought process? Mm-hmm. And you really see it here as yeah. he's just sort of taking it in, realizing what he's going to do about it, mm-hmm. realizing how he has to sort of make sure that Carmela and Meadow don't think he's going to go crazy. Right. You know, he has to sort of hide it. Yeah. But he can't really stand it for more than a minute before he has to excuse himself oh it's great when he storms off carmela asks him where he's going and in just this short line here Mm -hmm. you can you can hear it how his voice breaks how furious he is (laughs) right because all he says is where are you going Maiden, shell and he kind of like (laughs) almost breaks there yeah and yeah he's so angry yeah i mean this is truly murderous rage literally right um, apparently no one in the family likes, uh, Patrick Parisi, the eldest boy. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. <laughs> right? It's just kind of a weird detail. Yeah. Patrick was brought up earlier. You know, uh, Patsy said he's, he could be a moody fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, you know, already off to a good start, Meadow. Right. With a moody fuck. That's well. exactly what you need. <laughs> <laughs> that's what your mom married. <laughs> that's what your brother is. Yeah. No, it's that's actually a really good point. Uh, it's interesting, though, that the scene does carry on. Right. I think it would have ended with Tony storming off. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of dialogue, actually, between Carmela and Meadow here. Just kind of an emphasis, again, mm-hmm. on Meadow's career path. Yeah. Settling on law. Settling on law. And also, I think that the purpose of extending the scene past the natural endpoint is to communicate, I think, that Carmella and Meadow don't sense anything amiss. Mm. They're not like, oh, shit, Tony's going to kill Coco. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So he fooled him. Yes. Well, I uh, completely forgot that we get Elliot Kupferberg so far into the series. <laughs> But, uh, you know, Melfi here visiting with him um, starts off something with something innocent about Melfi dating this guy and the daughter of the guy doesn't like her. Yada, yada, yada. He drinks from his water bottle per usual mm-hmm. and then brings up this study about how sociopaths and talk therapy don't mix well. That, in fact, sociopaths find it useless and, if anything, that just feeds their own psychopathy and delusions about how to treat people and their world. It's amazing. This is a truly amazing scene, mm-hmm. you know, that we really get to the heart of Kupferberg, who we thought was, I mean, I don't know about you, but when we were first introduced to this guy, I was like, this guy's a throwaway. We're never going to see him again. Plus, he's played by peter bogdanovich how <laughs> significant can he really be as right. a character yeah but then we just get him season after season and then this scene is like really important especially huge coming towards the end of the run where he basing basically smirkingly says to melfi mm-hmm. hey maybe everything that you've done for the you know obviously he doesn't put it like this but run of the tv series six years yeah is uh maybe just a waste. Maybe you were just completely wasting your time and it all really meant nothing mm-hmm. at all. Well, we know that, that Elliot has been a voice of reason to Melfi even continuing treatment mm-hmm. of Tony. He knew it was not a good thing very early on mm-hmm. for her to do. And yet she continued 
And now, you know, she's at the point, we can already see it, where she does feel like these are kind of pointless. She brought up to Tony, like, I can't continue treating you if you're not going to show up, if you're not going to really invest in this. It's just, there's no point for me. Right, right. Well, now Elliot's giving her cold, hard facts about yeah. how it really is actually pointless. Right. It's not helping at all. And also, he's sort of villainous in a way because he's clearly enjoying this. Yes. Know? She thinks he's smirking. Right. I didn't see a smirk. Not literally, but it's like a smirking tone, I mm. would sort of say. Probably. And especially how he like punctuates it with his water bottle sip. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, well, Melfi has to sit with that. While her sociopath yeah. <laughs> heads over to a New York restaurant yeah, owned by Coco. Oh, Jesus. This scene. This is what I was talking about. This is moment number two. Like, yeah. I can look at any moment of violence in this show, but I really have a hard time with this. Of course. Yeah. Shaky cam again. Yeah. So we know Tony's not there just for, I don't know, a cannoli or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Splitting cannolis with Butch and Coco. Right. Tony doesn't hesitate to defend his daughter's honor. He smacks uh, Coco across the face with the butt of the gun. Yeah. Tells Butch to sit the fuck down and proceeds to beat the shit out of Coco, which we're all like, fuck yeah. Fuck New York. (laughs) Fuck this Coco guy. Fucking beat the shit out of him. He deserves a huge uh, ass kicking for sure. Yeah. This is like pretty much the most merciless beating we've ever seen, Tony. Yeah, I would say one of them for sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I would say Butch in this moment, out of any moment, is a voice of reason. Right. <laughs> Tries to slow and uh, pull back the reins on Tony, who, uh, you know, has every right to beat down Coco. Right. Uh, threatening Butch with a gun. Pretty serious. If Butch is, you know, consigliere mm-hmm. or whatever drags coco to the edge of a bar puts his mouth on the yeah stoop and um yeah curb stomps him yeah i mean it's brutal it's really interesting this this whole scene yeah i'm just <laughs> you're just kind of biting yeah. your lip with your i mean it's impossible when yeah. you watch the scene not to just kind of be very just conscious the sound of yes it alone and it, watching the teeth fly everywhere you're so conscious of your own teeth and you just wince you can't help it i mean it's awful yeah having said all of that i mean i think it's just a perfect example of kind of the appeal of being tony soprano where Mm. it's like you know if someone told you as a guy like your mom or your wife or your daughter your sister had been sexually assaulted yeah in your mind, emotionally, you would go to doing exactly what Tony does here. Sure, I would curb stomp him for sure. Obviously, you can't do that. No, I can. <laughs> I would. Absolutely. But, I mean, that's the thing. If like, I had the element of surprise like Tony yeah. did, okay, I probably wouldn't curb stomp him because I'd right. be too busy, like, gnawing at my own bottom <laughs> lip and worried yeah. about the sound that was going to happen there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I would... Del- I would kick the shit out of him everything sure. leading up to it sure probably not the stomping itself I don't but know. i mean i had a gun yeah i'm just saying well no you I never mean, know how you're truly gonna act we know how tony's gonna yeah. act he knows how he's gonna act he can't control it mm-hmm. but you never know how a normal person like myself 
would act in a situation like that. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty serious. It's a it's a serious offense. Yes, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think that like, you know, murder is another example where it's just there's so many things that like Tony can do mm-hmm. because he's Tony, and in that way, you know, he's able to sort of channel the rage of the audience that like maybe can't necessarily be expressed Mm -hmm. because here's the thing one thing about you and i'm guessing me too the only thing that would like stop us from doing that kind of thing you know the prison sentence yeah a moral compass (laughs) yeah for sure yeah but tony's not worried about that which is why he is tony well he should be worried about it being new york yeah that's not helpful well the funny thing about that too is that i think that this is definitely like what Coco did crosses a line. Yeah. You know, because I think that there's the unwritten rule that you leave, you know, wives and daughters out of it. Absolutely. You know, you leave civilian family members out of it. Yeah. And Coco broke that rule. So I actually think that, you know, later we'll, we'll later we will hear Tony say, I should have killed him. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. You know, that would have been justified, I feel. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Honor is a huge thing. Yeah. And he's defending her honor. And it's just Coco. I mean, right? it's not even that big of a deal. No but, one in New York even likes Coco, if we can be honest. Yeah. They don't like him. It's just another one of those satisfying New York killings. Because I, I also thought about when they killed, um, what's his name? Fat Dom. Mm-hmm. Like, that was such a satisfying murder. I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe I'm a psycho. No, no, no. But when they, like, you know, stabbed his guts out literally, I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because you can't act it out in real life. Exactly. Know? Yeah. And the same thing happened here. Yeah. Like, that curb stomping, as brutal as it was, I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. And, I, and like, The Sopranos, mm-hmm. uh, classic Sopranos, <laughs> transitioning from such horrid violence to... <laughs> you know a very funny scene just the you know on a dime they mm-hmm. just turn that around like that right and you're just expected to find it humorous which i did uh, yeah so did i yeah uh calls aj a mama's boy in this family therapy scene uh <laughs> the the name calling mm-hmm. he, he mentions the confirmation aj does and that he was you know kind of says like did it ever occur to you that i might have been self-medicating give me a break will you (laughs) right tony's had enough of it and i think it's also great like you were saying it's great to see that tony soprano can act out these things that like we feel like yes we want somebody to act those out for us Mm -hmm. this kind of violence well i really want it it's really delightful to see a father talk to his son that way (laughs) right it really is which maybe is why we're going to be so terrible as parents to our own maybe kids but uh as this whole discussion is going on again the added like kind of creepy morbid funny Mm -hmm. dark humor finding coco's tooth in his pant cuff yeah (laughs) it's hilarious it's great and even tony's like oh that's funny (laughs) (laughs) that's great um just like the different cuts of moments here in the family therapy, um, you know, Livia brought up and just, mm-hmm. you know, you do reflect on that moment and think, 
Yeah, it wasn't a great idea to have your little boy go spend time with his grandmother when right. that was his grandmother. And she imparted this extremely negative, nihilistic yeah. worldview. You know, it's all a big nothing. This is what I was talking about earlier. I mm. looked up the scene on YouTube. It's from D-Girl uh-huh. when AJ, you know, it's with all the confirmation stuff and pussies like, go talk to your grandma, as AJ says in this scene. And just watching that scene, yeah. it was so... Uh, interesting to kind of like jump in that time machine and look at Robert Eiler at that time. When oh, he yeah. was like just like sort of a chubby pre-adolescent, mm-hmm. you know, um, and to really see how far he had come. Yeah. And that it was still the same person, you know, it's just interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was a great scene in season two. And this one is also... It is. Just the detail also of like, oh, that dorky raincoat you made me wear that one time. I got beat up because of it. <laughs> yeah. It's just funny. Yeah. I like that, you know, he references something we've seen, something we haven't seen mm-hmm. uh, just throughout his life. Things yeah. he finds offensive. But, you know, I think that it's on a serious note for Tony. It, it kind of ends on a serious note for him because... You know, he recognizes just how many parallels there are between AJ and himself, mm-hmm. you know, and also the way that like Livia affected them both. Mm-hmm. And Tony's like, yeah, I hate you for this in a way. And like, I'm disgusted by you. But also, I just I have to admit that we are the same. Like, I'm not that different. Yeah. Well, uh, you mentioned that uh, Tony has a talk with little Carmine and this is where it is. In the back of the pork store, picking up on him and Patsy talking. Patsy very excited that Patrick is dating Meadow. Of course. Yeah. He's uh, come a long way since pissing in Tony's pool. <laughs> he really has, huh? Being angry at Tony for murdering his brother. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, this hug that little Carmine gives when he greets Tony, I don't know why I found it so funny. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is everybody, but like he gives Tony a hug and he, when he hugs him, he, he puts his head on tony's shoulder mm-hmm. like just rests his cheek on tony's shoulder yeah in a very comforting way <laughs> uh, that i just found only Lil carmine would make that so right. funny um about of anorexia <laughs> i loved that line too <laughs> yeah a, about of anorexia and then also uh he says this alteration you had with phil right. when he meant altercation yeah uh, that's great he does point out my daughter come on my daughter you got a little girl you almost killed the guy i should have killed him i would have total support but i held myself back you were being prudent fuck that little carbine again great yeah and again i would say tony is right he should have killed that's right coco yeah but uh as uh, little carbine points out kind of at this point have to go with bended knee because mm-hmm. it's starting getting uh, get a little too serious. I'm starting yeah. to feel it in my wallet. Let's just pump the brakes and all this and see if we can broker something. Yeah. Uh, it's about to be war. Yeah. <laughs> the precipice. Yes. <laughs> right. That precipice. So, uh, yeah. Tony accepts this, which mm-hmm. is why he slams that whatever it is. Yeah. Before anything can be done, though, he has uh, another meeting with Melfi. Melfi, obviously, with a new perspective mm-hmm. given to her by Elliot. And then he uh, shares with her that he took peyote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what he saw was uh, pretty profound, saying that uh, everything we see is an ex- isn't really all that we're experiencing. 
right uh which i think was what many people who take mushrooms or acid kind of experience that there's something beyond our reality Mm -hmm. hard to say what but there's something there yeah that we haven't really got to yet yeah for a moment you know that third eye was opened right tony and you know again he doesn't quite have the vocabulary to really put it into words what he experienced Mm -hmm. uh but i thought this was interesting his analogy about how moms are like buses yeah you know and they drop us off we keep trying to chase the bus but really we should just watch it leave and like try and go on our own journeys yeah and melfi correctly says yeah that's insightful Mm -hmm. sort of an awkward weird you know awkward weird imagery but you understand what tony's saying yeah and how it does relate to him especially with all of his mommy issues yeah I was just going to note, too, just one physical thing that Gandolfini does here. It was something that you were pointing at, that like Gandolfini, without words, conveys something. Mm-hmm. He makes that profound statement, and he kind of does this little, like, with, like, his tongue, you know? He looks mm-hmm. off to the side and kind of smiles, like, ooh, I feel good about myself with that one. Right. But then he, you know, has to point out, like, yeah, you have these ideas, and then you, it's like you almost got them, and then they just, nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did so much there with that transition from like, oh, I just made a very profound statement that a doctor thought was smart. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I wish I could hold on to more ideas like that. Yeah. 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 True. True. Yeah. Well, we uh, approach Phil's door um, with uh, Tony and Lil Carmine. Of course, Butch answering the door makes you feel like this sit down's not actually going to happen. <laughs> this isn't going to go anywhere. No, no, no. And it may be a clue too that Butch is behind Phil not taking the meeting. Mm-hmm. In some way. Right. Yeah, of course. I mean, he was there. We can assume that he was close with Coco. <laughs> but also we've seen Butch, you know, really uh push for Phil to be aggressive towards New Jersey, right? Yeah. I mean, little Carmen makes the point that he just got off the phone with Phil. This was going to happen. They hear Phil from the window, mm-hmm. on the second floor, shouting down at them, just his silhouette. And they were just talking about this, but he says cooler heads prevailed. Well, it, he had to be convinced mm-hmm. not to take it in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just feel like, oh, it's too bad Butch is there. It's all could have been settled. Maybe. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, who knows exactly? It's just kind of odd and funny that Phil is up there talking shit. Right. From his, it doesn't seem very tough. No. Yelling at guys from your bedroom window. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> silly. It is yeah. really silly. But also silly. I mean, you know, it's not his fault or anything. But mm-hmm. when Butch answers the door, uh, he's got one eye on little Carmine and then he's spiking the lens with the other one. <laughs> I just noticed mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, just the cross-eyedness. Right. Sorry. Cross-eyed that, indeed. That's low. Well, too low brow. For I us. mean, uh, someone on Twitter might be like, on behalf of cross-eyed people, uh, I am offended by Gavin's comment. There have been some great cross-eyed actors in the world. <laughs> oh, okay. Marty Feldman. Marty Feldman. Marty Feldman yeah. is a very famous bug-eyed, cross-eyed actor. All right. Quite a description. <laughs> oh, oh, and a gentleman as well. Uh, well, that was not the last scene. The last scene, Tony 
coming to visit AJ mm-hmm. in the hospital, bringing a pizza. I found very sweet, very yeah. touching, because they've done this before. They've shared a slice. Right. And uh, I also remember this commercial, too. Oh, you do? The Abraham Lincoln and the Gopher. Yeah. Insomnia commercial. I didn't remember it at all. Yeah. Totally remembered it. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it just lingers there for a while. We actually see the commercial and it's everything. The perfect weird ass thing to watch when you're depressed in the psych ward. <laughs> right. Around a bunch of other really unwell people. Yeah. And uh we, you know, pull out there with Tony approaching mm-hmm. little Tony and uh this song plays Anthony uh in the lyric. Uh, very sweet. Yeah. And like we... you said, because Tony does realize, I hate you, but I love you because I get it. Right. Right. I mean, I gave this to you to work with. So, you know, what can I really say? Uh, It's a really touching ending, I Mm. feel, and very loaded because we just see the state of things at home. Not great. Mm -hmm. The state of things with the mob. Very bad. Yep. We know that there's only two episodes left, and we're like, "Yeah, that's about to go down." Yeah, yeah. Two more, and then we're out of here. Then we're done. <laughs> well, that does it for this episode of the Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen, and I'm Hannibal Diaz. Join us next week. But until then, if you're liking the podcast and you want to support it at the very end, you can do so by subscribing. Still, that would be very helpful, and liking us on Twitter and Facebook at the Soprano Show. Leave a comment. Leave a review. Love to hear from you. And like we do with every episode, we end with our favorite line. I'll go first. My favorite line actually did come from that family therapy scene. Just, you know, anytime Livia's brought up, it's humorous to me. And just how Tony gives the confirmation mm-hmm. that that was possibly Livia. He's, AJ says, Grandma, Dad's mom. What'd she say? That it's all a big nothing. What is? Life. I wish I were right. Oh, of course it was. Yeah. Yeah, we all know that. No, absolutely. I agree. In fact, I agree so much that we haven't done this in a long time. No but way. But that was my pick as well. Really? Yeah. Are you copping out? No, not at all. No? Really? <laughs> you can wow. see my notes. I literally highlighted it wow. here in blue, that line. Wow, in blue. It's a good line. It's just because it comes off of that violence. And Mm -hmm. we get such, like, just family, the family dynamic and everything that comes out. It's just, it's a perfect timing for that scene. Yeah. And it's nice to get Livia tied in here Mm -hmm. in what we know is the end of the series, when obviously she dominated the beginning of the series. Yeah, she was the villain.